0: What happens to us after we die? Do we cease to exist? Or do we live on? This may be the biggest question that mankind has ever asked. Where do we go when we die? And who is there to greet us? And why? What exactly does it mean to become a spiritual person? Does it consist of following predetermined laws? Or is it a personal journey? These are the types of questions that we will discuss. Welcome to the regression session. My name is Ian, and welcome back to the Regression Session. This week we're going to be hearing from my good friend John, and John is someone that I personally regressed myself, and he had a very interesting experience where he was able to describe something that he had no knowledge of beforehand, and then he was able to actually verify that after the fact, and I'll include all that information in the description of this episode. Remember, if you've had an experience or if you are another past life regression practitioner or if you have past life memories, if you have had a near-death experience or if you just want to talk about your spiritual views on the show with me, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me. My email is session at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's get into today's interview with John. Hey John, thanks for coming on to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm I've been I've been really excited to to talk with you about your experience. Uh for the audience, I have personally regressed John myself and he had a really interesting experience and <laughs> it's just kind of funny like you know what I'm laughing about. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> i'm really excited but uh you know just just so people can get a little bit of context if you don't mind um just kind of telling us a little bit about your background um whatever you're comfortable sharing about like maybe your beliefs um
1: the beliefs you had about the
0: afterlife and things during your upbringing and stuff like that
1: yeah for sure so um i've always kind of been interested in past life situations you know um the belief system that I come from is really big on reincarnation, not being a thing apparently, and also on a like pre earth life situation in a different realm or whatever. Um, But it never really quite jived with me that way. Um, I always felt like past life situations or, you know, a, a reincarnation type of thing made more sense to me than just a, a one and done thing. Um, so I've always found it kind of interesting as an idea. Um, and I have, I haven't read anything on it yet. It's on my reading list, but, um, I have like watched different like TV interviews with, kids that had talked about past life experiences that were coming up to them, you know, or their parents noticed like weird things that they did and and stuff like that. Um, I found that stuff really interesting. And um, I've kind of since I found out it was a thing, I've always wanted to do a regression to see you know, if I'm an old soul or how many other existences I may have had or whatever.
0: Right. And, you know, John, John and I are buddies and, and we were, he's actually the guy that I was kind of, that kind of helped me start down this whole entire journey in the first place because I was, we were both kind of looking into this Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you and I were both looking into it. And I remember texting you one day and I was like, Hey, I'm going to take a look around and see what, you know, how much it'll cost us to do a regression. We can both kind of pick a day and go down together. And then I did some research and I found out that it was like, what, like $200 an hour or something like that.
1: Mm -hmm. And they started with two hours. So it was $400 for the sesh.
0: And that was for, for both of us. So that, that person would have been clocking in at bare minimum $800 for an Mm -hmm. hour for an hour (laughs) yep so i was like uh no and so that's that's why that's actually why i ended up learning it myself so i'm actually really glad that 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 happened to be honest Mm. yeah (laughs) it's (laughs) it's been really fun so
1: interesting how that goes
0: yeah and you know i remember the as far as like the scenario leading up to your experience i remember i was just like hey john i i learned how to do past life regressions you want to do it (laughs)
1: And I was like, yes. I yeah. mean, okay. Like if you want, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was excited. But also, yes.
0: <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm glad I was able to at least have it done to me once too before I did it to anybody else. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. important, I think. But yeah, for sure. So, all right. So for the audience, you came to my house, mm-hmm. we, we put on some music and we, we started doing the whole hypnosis process. If you don't mind, tell me what that was like for you. It's a little different for everybody.
1: Yeah. So it was really interesting. I was definitely sitting or laying across, I guess the love seat the whole time and was cognizant of that. Um, I, I'm one of those people where I can't like imagine images specifically like I have a hard time when I'm reading books because I can't see what's going on. It's just words on a page that I'm reading, and so even if it's like really descriptive, I'm still just like, man, it's words. <laughs> and so, um, I I didn't necessarily like see things or in my mind's eye see anything, but I. I guess the best way that I would say it was, I like felt the vibe of the situation, kind of, but the amount of detail that I was able to get out of what the image would look like was kind of impressive to me. Like I didn't expect to have that much imagery in it, given that I couldn't like see things.
0: Yeah, that's what happened to me too, in, in mine, because you know I was. I I can't, I have aphantasia even, even if I try, uh, I physically cannot see anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, do do you have that? Like, can you, I always use this as an example. Can you like see an apple? If I, if I, if I ask you to close your eyes, you can't see an apple.
1: Nope. There's just like the firework things that go on physically in your eye when you close your eyelids. Like, that's all I see. It was always weird to me when people were like bummed out that a movie character from a movie that was based on a book didn't look like how they imagined them. Cause I was like, why do you just don't imagine it? Like, how do you even imagine that? And it was weird to me that like people would get mad about that. But then I found out that apparently people actually like see what's happening.
0: (laughs) Oh, I didn't know you had aphantasia. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. John, why haven't we talked about this?
1: I don't, I I guess
0: it never (laughs) came up. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. I've, I've never met anybody else with it. That's so Mm -hmm. weird. I'm finally someone who gets it and you had an experience too. Yeah, man. I hate it. It's so, so weird. It sucks. (laughs) I I would Uh love to be able to close my eyes and see whatever I felt like. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun with that.
1: Right. And especially with the book thing, like, uh, my wife has talked about, you know, when she was a kid, she could, or a teenager or whatever, you know, she would sit there and read for like hours and then she would realize that it was 5 a.m. And I'm just like, man, I, it doesn't matter how interesting the book is. I get a chapter or two deep. I gotta stop. Cause it's just words on a page. Like they're interesting words. They're just words.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just a story. Like, I yeah, it's not like a, I would much rather watch a movie mm-hmm. than, read a book that like or yeah I, I just can't do it so finally someone that gets it my brother kind of I, I regress my brother I'm gonna have him on the show but um, I, he kind of has aphantasia so but but he had like the same kind of thing where he was only describing what was happening but then towards the end he was able to kind of slip into seeing things so he he has it like the day to day and imagery is really hard for him but I don't think he quite has what we're talking about here.
1: I mean, there's different levels of it and some people can have like vivid imagery and some people can't have any. And some people have like a little bit, you know, from what I've understood about it at least, but I'm definitely on the end where it's like, yeah, nothing (laughs) (laughs) on the end. Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I hate it, but um so sorry to go off on that i was just (laughs) that was a big tangent anyway i'm I'm excited i'm glad that (laughs) this is gonna sound bad but i'm glad that somebody else has to suffer with me (laughs) yeah right (laughs) we're not
1: alone
0: there's dozens of us
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly
0: all right so let's let's kind of steer back here so so you're laying on the couch you're you're getting vibes you're you're Almost getting like downloads of what's going on essentially, yeah, that's what happens to me,
1: yeah. it was kind of like i could i could I could feel what imagery was happening. like there was one part where I was like floating above a a like spruce pine forest situation, like. it it kind of felt like maybe i don't know scandinavia just because of the architecture of the the building that my spirit guide took me to um but like i I could feel the wind coming through the trees and i could smell the sap from them because you know like like needle trees have that specific astringent sap like I could smell it and I could feel the wind and I felt like how I feel when I'm watching the moon rise into the sky but I couldn't see squat
0: (laughs) it almost to me feels like (laughs) like you're making things up but if Mm -hmm. you say if you were gonna say something else you just it would be wrong
1: Yeah, right. And that was that was the interesting part about the whole like hypnosis session was that um, I felt like I was in specific scenarios and I could describe them, but it felt like words were being fed to me and I was spitting them out, but no one was talking to me, you know, like you were, but you were just asking questions and finding out like what I saw quote unquote, or what I heard or just getting an understanding of the scenario that I was in. But I I felt like I was being like provided the lines that I said by my subconscious self, I guess.
0: Okay. So tell me a little bit like from laying down on the, on the sofa what, what happened? Cause I, you know, I'm an open book. I'll always talk about my process, but I would like f- from your perspective just to kind of get an understanding of how it was for you. So like, what sure. what do you remember from that?
1: Um, so honestly, I don't remember the very beginning part of it, just the like entering into hypnosis part where you, I, I remember you had me stare at some indistinct thing kind of fuzzily, Um, which, you know, is is how you get into hypnosis. But um, aside from that, I don't really remember what went down until my spirit guide was in a a room of mirrors or whatever um, and led me to this, like, enormous kind of cathedrally feeling cabin I don't know how else I would describe that, <laughs> but like it, it felt like it was a lodge, but it was really, really tall and I could float in it like up to the ceiling along with my spirit guide. Um, so and, did,
0: mm-hmm. did you feel, cause I always talk about a figure, Yeah. But a lot of people come out of these sessions describing the figure in in the session as their spirit guide so when you say spirit guide do you feel like it was part of yourself or do you feel like it was an, a separate being or even a separate consciousness
1: it was a separate distinct person is how i would describe it so
0: you were you were interacting with another being
1: yeah like i i, I we didn't talk back and forth between each other. Um, And it mostly just felt like I was supposed to follow this dude around.
0: Are you okay with describing your guide?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to find the text that I sent you because it was such a good description, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, I know my spirit guide was like pretty tall and had a really, really long, flowing train. Apart, like dressed in full white. Um, I'm pretty sure he was in a dress. It kind of felt like a bridal gown, but like Princess Diana's bridal gown. You know, like hundred foot long train that's white and lacy and really ornate.
0: Um, it's just like dragging on the floor, long
1: yeah but he was usually floating, so like it was just like flowing behind him in the wind
0: but but was it um so it felt male
1: then yeah, it felt male um kind of kind of like a um a young Gandalf, huh. Like there was definitely a, a beard and it was white, but the person himself was not aged.
0: That that's that's very interesting. I love talking about this because every single person's is just so wildly different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's so wildly different. So let's uh if you don't mind, <laughs> get to my favorite part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us. Once you got to this to this uh cathedral cabin, what happened after that?
1: hmm so um let's see when I was in the cathedral cabin situation, and my spirit guide was like having me float around in it or whatever um I was suddenly outside in the forested area that I was talking about the the like pine spruce whatever situation um and it was just like endless trees Um, but then I was suddenly on a branch and I was really high in the air and I was trying to figure out what I was because the branches looked well felt too small to support a human being Um, and I got the sensation that I had like a curled poofy tail. And I saw my hands and they had like little claws coming out. And I realized that I was a squirrel (laughs) and it was so weird. Like I was not on an acorn or whatever, you know, some, some nut and I was definitely a squirrel and I was not worried about predators for some reason. I distinctly said, that I didn't feel like there were any predators around and that I was safe.
0: Yeah, that's pretty nutty.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was like, is this a part of my past life? Like, was I a squirrel? Yeah,
0: (laughs) I was. uh, So when I, when I do this for context, when I do these regressions, a lot of the time there's other people in the room. So, Mm -hmm. So, and you know this, because we had multiple people with us. Yeah. And I looked across the room at your wife, and she gave me this look like, what the hell? And we were like, <laughs> just like, I, I looked at her, I shook my head like, I don't know. I've never had this before. I've never, I, this is new, that was new territory for me. So I was like, I didn't want to dive into it because I didn't, I didn't feel like that was where we were supposed to go. But I also kind of wonder about that.
1: Yeah, right? Like, what was that about? <laughs> right? So I I have my notes pulled up. She, uh, My wife took notes during the session and then sent them to me as soon as it was done. And um, what I said was, in a forest, pine tree, pretty well balanced. My tail is curled up. There aren't any predators around, so I feel pretty safe. And then my after comment that helped her understand way more what was going on was, I was a squirrel and was holding an acorn. E-
0: <laughs> yep yep that it was so funny when you said that i was i was dying I was like so that's what was going on there yep
1: yep i, yeah. I was in a squirrel's body <laughs> for some reason um i i don't know if it was specifically like my spirit guide kind of introducing me to the concept of being inside of another like entity or if that was a past life situation. Um, but yeah, it was a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: the impression that I kind of got is like maybe, you know, because both of yours were kind of basic. I, I wonder if we tried another session, if you'd be able to go a little bit deeper, but I wonder if like you you weren't necessarily fully ready for, like the deep dive that most people get and you started off with something really, really basic. And then you moved on to something just a little bit less basic.
1: Yeah, it could be. I did also have a slight one in the middle between my like regular past life situation where I was a human and the squirrel thing. And I was like, really confused because i was suddenly underwater and there were bubbles around and I was like am i a fish now like <laughs> what is this weirdness
0: yeah that i remember that too that who knows yeah you know, who, who knows? knows who knows Yeah, you know it, for all we know you could have made it all up yeah
1: right i don't think you did yeah i i but i didn't feel like i was doing that but you never know Um, (laughs) and I did have, I had a Wiccan friend in high school that told me that in a past life, I was a dog and personality wise for myself, I was like, yeah, that fits.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you were a dog, then why not a squirrel?
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. And there are iterations, um, you know, within other belief systems that have, Past lives as not only being human entities, but also being organisms and being able to switch between them in different lives that you have or whatever. So the thought is out there. Um, I don't, I don't know if maybe someone else had a similar experience like that with if there's like traditional past life regressions that have happened for centuries in different groups or whatever, but yeah, totally could be a thing.
0: <laughs> so in episode two of this, of this show, I actually mm-hmm. read a story back when I was thinking about doing that. I'm totally not going to do that, by the way, I'm not going to read people's stories <laughs> That's, that's <laughs> out of the question. Yeah. Uh, too much work. Yeah. I, I, uh, I commend anybody who does that. But mm-hmm. when I, when I did that, somebody sent me a story and it was, it was like, I have very vivid Memories of being a horse and at first When I was trying to read the story I just couldn't stop Laughing about it but But like there are people that experience That I've I've read stories of people who Say they remember being But I read one that was said they remember Being a whale like mm-hmm. A long ass time ago like I'm talking forever Millions of years And mm-hmm. it was just like a super super Old whale that was like Centuries old because they, they Can live that long Mm-hmm and they, it just got tired of living, so it just never resurfaced and just kind of drowned itself.
1: Whoa, interesting.
0: And then I've also read things about people who remember being, like, in the Cambrian explosion kind of creatures.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah, like, you know. That's awesome. Just ancient, like, what are they called, like, theropods? hmm Something like that. Yeah, ancient sea creatures. They remember oh, okay. being that. So there's a. It's actually really common for people to remember uh, past lives as animals.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah, it is kind of interesting. I. If anybody out there has has a story and they have memories of of being an animal, I'd love to hear from you.
1: I would also love to hear that. <laughs> Send <laughs> you, them in.
0: You hear? It? Send them in. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> All right. So, um, let's move into the human part of this because this is this is really really interesting because you were able to describe something that you had no knowledge of previously Mm -hmm. and it's really obscure too like there's no i would never have even i would never have even knew about these these people otherwise yeah
1: For sure. So, um, yeah, after I had the squirrel experience and the fish experience, um, I was in the, the body of a boy. Um, I felt like he was probably around nine years old. Um, and the land, the area that I felt like I was in was like somewhere in Namibia. Um, (laughs) for some reason I felt that way. Never been there. Um, I've seen a couple pictures, I think, but that's about it. Um, But I distinctly remembered seeing my mom and she had kind of a, a portion of her head was shaved, but the part that wasn't were these like really long, kind of dreadlock looking things that were really, really puffy at the bottom. And they were coated in this like ochre, orangish, reddish mud. Um, And it it took a bit for me to get to the part where I saw my mom because... Um, at the beginning, all I knew was that I was holding my sister's hand, and she was smaller than me, and she had a little doll or something, and we were the only people that I could see, and I was so scared because I thought that we had been abandoned. Um, there were some interesting things that i that I learned about the people that I was living with in that life, though. Like, for example, I I felt that because you you asked about like family and and if I knew like because I couldn't see family because I felt alone except with my sister. But if I had um, any other family that I knew of and my mom was an important figure and I said that I knew that I had a dad, obviously, because like biologically, that's how that works, but that he wasn't really that important. Um, And afterwards, when, because you asked me like, hey, you described a person, could you see if you could find anything about that? And I did some cursory Googling and found the Himba people that live um, in northern namibia and southern angola and um they're semi-nomadic and the mothers are it's kind of a matriarchal society of sorts so the mothers are the ones that raise all of the children and um take care of each other's children you know the whole um adage it takes a village to raise a, a child type of thing they actively practice that like if you are a mother you can also be a mother type figure to another family if that mom has to go fetch water or make food or whatever you know they they kind of share all of their children um and then the fathers in the himba people um like tend to the sheep and the goats and the cattle. And so they're off doing that. And then they come back a couple of times a year, give or take, um, you know, depending on whatever is needed and whatever's going on. And since they're semi-nomadic, probably they get together before they move to another location. But, um, yeah, I, I, um, You asked me about a a living situation, and I had felt that they lived in these kind of round hut looking things with um, grass roofs, um, which are the types of buildings that they construct to live in or the types of houses that they construct to live in when they are in a house, but they are semi-nomadic and so they move around depending on where they can access water most readily. Um, And I, um, I remember when I was in the boy's mind or body or whatever, when I was experiencing that moment that he was experiencing I thought that our mom was off getting water for us, and that um, that either we wandered off and got lost or that she wasn't able to find us. Um, and it was strange that we weren't around anyone else, from the tribe, like we had been separated from them somehow.
0: So I've been, as you've been talking, just kind of looking at the Wikipedia page you sent me, which I will link in, in this episode's description. Um, for the first question that I have for you, did your wife say, did you, did you actually say, I feel like I'm from Nambia um, in the session?
1: Uh, let me look over the notes real quick. Let's see. Let's see. You asked me about clothing, and I said, "Yeah, I feel like I'm wearing kind of a sackcloth type of thing. It's frayed at the bottom, um, and that I was on really red, almost pinkish dirt, and I was barefoot." Um, let's see. I I feel like when I was looking through my notes again right before this that I did see that I had said Namibia specifically. But oh yeah, I feel like I'm in some kind of Southern Africa, maybe Namibia, maybe Zambia. And then I said, I remembered my mom a little bit, kind of shaved head, clay colored braids and dreads that hang down really long. Yeah. So I, I did feel like I was in Southern Africa somewhere, maybe Namibia, maybe Zambia.
0: Cause I, I remembered you saying Zambia for sure, mm-hmm. but I, I, but it's crazy that you said Namibia and that's and, where they are. And that's exactly where they are too. <laughs> right. And, and like, so I, I pulled up, I pulled up the, a picture of the braids that you were talking about, how they have like, almost like the, they almost put clay on them.
1: Yeah, they do. They also put clay on their skin ritualistically, but also kind of as a natural sunblock.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense especially because it's so hot over there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, and it they, was the color that I remembered it being in the sand under my feet when I was kicking the sand around waiting for mom to show up.
0: Yeah, and in the picture, in one of the little uh, settlements that they have, you can see that the sand is a reddish pink. It's a mm-hmm. reddish pink color. The huts that they have look almost exactly like what you described, how they have like little... Like little grass roofs and circular wooden huts, so it's insane how much you were spot on and yeah, and just to <laughs> verify you did you have any knowledge of these people beforehand No yeah neither did I i would I never would have even heard of these pe these people had you not said it so that begs the question where did that information come from how how were you so accurate if you had no knowledge if you'd never studied these people if you if you didn't know because you uh, you know obviously you described things like their clothing and their hair and their mannerisms and exactly where they lived Um, you described a little bit of the landscape that they live in. You described their living situation. You described how that your dad was gone for most of the year, how your mom was more important than your dad in your society. You described your own clothing. So much of your experience you were able to verify. So where did it come from?
1: Yeah. Right. I I don't know how else it would have gotten there. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah. And I, I remember I asked you, do you have an idea of what, time period you live in. And you said, I, we, we don't really keep track of that. Like we're, we're just Mm -hmm. living. And that's very indicative of their actual culture. They just kind of live in the, in the now, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. I, your, your case in cases like yours, where you're able to verify things after the fact, the knowledge that you had no previous idea about at all that's very compelling to me, John. Uh, yeah. That's why I'm really glad that you agreed to come on the show, because because this is the kind of proof that mainstream science is kind of just blowing off.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, scientifically, it's kind of hard to handle something like that because, like, what do you compare it to? What? Where is the control group? Yeah, I I agree with that. You know, I don't know how they would even set up a study for something like that, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that it's irrelevant or that, you know, that that it is not a thing just because we don't understand how to quantify it specifically.
0: Yeah. And you're a scientist, like you have yeah. a degree in science. Yeah. So, so this is really interesting. You know, I, I personally think that there's got to be a way somehow, some way to quantify it. Mm -hmm. to measure it because you know all almost all scientific discoveries started out with anecdotal evidence Mm -hmm. yeah i can't think of a single discovery that i've looked into that didn't start with anecdotal evidence
1: Mm -hmm. well they have to get an idea before they're like hey let's look into this you know
0: yeah and there are some main main they're not mainstream anymore they they're qualified doctors and scientists that are looking into this. And I would love to get one of them on my show. I'm, I'm really trying. <laughs> That'd be I'm really, awesome. I know. I'm really trying. The problem is, is they've done so many interviews yeah, with a I'm lot sure. of different people and they're just kind of tired of doing it. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. Um, but hopefully I can get one of them on here. Cause there's, there's a few of them who's been studying these, like for example, near death experiences for 40 plus years mm-hmm. and they've been able to measure it. There's one guy who, hmm. who has studied, um. Well, they're not able to measure it. I'll take that back. They're able to, um. What's the word I'm looking for? They're able to, to compare it with others, and mm-hmm. find likenesses and v- similar stories between yeah. like, thousands of cases that are reporting the same things. And that's cross culturally. That's cross denomination. That's mm-hmm. cross race.
1: Yeah. I remember there was a there was a news thing that I saw on YouTube when I was like looking into all of this stuff, um, where the the kid was able to recall enough details that they had been able to figure out that he was I think he was a firefighter that died in the nine eleven situation in New York. And so they didn't say the dude's name cuz obviously like his children are still alive and that would be a really traumatic thing to find out. But they were like, you know, we we were able to find out that this child, like this 2 or 3 year old or whatever, was recalling specific information that was the experience that this guy had at his death.
0: Yep. Yep. I know exactly the one that you're talking about and I'm going to try to find that and link it in the description. I hope that I can find it. Mm -hmm. I'll find something about it, but that also um, there's a documentary. They had other
1: examples where they were actually able to provide the name because it was like, you know, someone from past a bit. It wasn't like here and now pretty much. And it also wasn't a, culturally significant situation like 9-11 was
0: yeah that's a really sensitive subject
1: yeah for sure
0: yeah there's a documentary on netflix called uh surviving death Mm -hmm. that's actually a book series and i would i'm gonna reach out to the author and see if she'll come on the show i I hope she will but um there there's some really interesting cases on there and I think that you've watched it and you actually sent me the episode on reincarnation and they featured they featured a case that I actually talked about a little bit on the show, the case of James Leininger, the, the World War II fighter pilot mm-hmm. kid. That one's interesting. I'll link that again. You guys should check it out. Also check out Surviving Death on Netflix and also the book, the book is really interesting because there's a lot of stuff in the book that didn't make the cut for the, for the Netflix series. Um, so John, you should check that out if you can. And also yeah. anybody else. Cause it's really oh, interesting. Um, she even has a part about like possessions and stuff. Apparently I haven't mm-hmm. read it yet, but I'm interested. Cause that's scary to think about
1: too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of moving back into your experience. Yeah. I I usually ask like, how did you feel coming out of your experience? Mm -hmm.
1: I was kind of mystified about like what I said coming out of it. I was like, am I remembering right? (laughs) <laughs> are, are those and then my wife sent me my notes and I was reading through them and I was like oh yeah okay, yeah that did just happen like I remembered the feelings that I had felt when I was that kid or when I was the squirrel or when I was whatever underwater organism <laughs> I was briefly um, and the the description of the spirit guide I was like yeah okay This isn't just something that my brain is making up (laughs) right now. Like this, this interview that, or I guess hypnosis session that I did is what I'm remembering it having been, you know?
0: Yeah. And and regardless of whether or not it is real, because right now Mm -hmm. we can't prove reincarnation is, is real. That's the big issue with the whole science subject. Mm-hmm. But regardless of whether or not it's real, it was a real experience. Yeah. Right. And exactly. you did experience those things and you were able to prove it. That's the crazy thing. You were able to prove it. Did that experience affect your beliefs at all?
1: I mean, it kind of solidified the beliefs that I already had. Like I had said at at the beginning, you know, I always thought that reincarnation kind of made sense and that um, it wasn't just a a one and done situation in life, but I didn't know necessarily like how it worked or whatever. Um, And so it just kind of solidified that idea. Um, There are, couple experiences that i had in my life that make more sense after this specific regression that i did though
0: well would you care to share
1: oh yeah i I might as well so um (laughs) so um i was living in um, Germany as a missionary for the the church that I had belonged to at the time um, and I hadn't been there very long, but there was a uh, situation that I didn't want to do at all we were we were in a different city than where we had normally been and we were doing interviews with um, the, the president of the mission that we were in. And so to utilize time on the way there. And when we were in the city before it was my specific interview slot or whatever, um, we were supposed to talk to anyone and try to get people to, to come to Jesus or whatever. Um, and I was just really feeling homesick and I was not having it at all. And I, almost broke down to tears. And then we were in the, um, underground train subway station, um, in Stuttgart. And, um, this older, um, African-American woman, she said that she was from St. Louis cause I asked her, um, she was just on vacation there with a friend, but, Um, She said, I don't don't even remember the words that she said to me, but just instantly hearing her voice, my soul was just like, you are okay. You are in a safe situation. Your family understands that you are far away, but it's all going to be all right. And like I had, I I don't remember having been comforted in a way that I was then. And um, there's another couple of times where I have just felt specifically touched by a a African-American woman speaking to me and the words that she said, kind of like in a motherly way. And it was so weird. Like, I was like, why would that specific vocal tone affect me differently than any other vocal tone? I'm not a Black person. I'm not an African-American person, or, you know, however we would phrase it. But um, that kind of made more sense after this regression, because I was like, oh, yeah, mothers matter. And if I had a past life where I had been living in Africa and was born there, then, you know, especially having that type of relationship that these tribes have with their mothers being raised almost solely by their mothers or another mother figure in the tribe. Like it kind of made more sense how that would affect me in the way that it did.
0: So you were able to kind of, Sync up some past experiences too. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And they hadn't lined up before. So it just kind of
0: made some other things click. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, it's always great when things like that happen, you know, uh, your, your experience was kind of wrapped yours and your wife's experiences we're kind of wrapped up really nicely. You know, there's some people that kind of leave these experiences kind of like confused, like, okay, well, what was I supposed to get out of that? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like my, Uh like my, one of my friends that I did it for, she was just completely wildly confused. And so was I, I've talked about it. I'm not going to talk about it again, but, um, yeah, yours, yours guys was really nice and wrapped up nicely and you were able to pull some really good lessons out of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's always what I, what I look for in doing these sessions.
1: Yeah, for sure. I also thought it was interesting because you had asked specific questions about like, if I had felt how the boy died or if I understood his death situation at all. And, um, like a lot of times when people are recalling, at least from what I understand, a lot of times when people are recalling these past life experiences, death is really important in them, but in mine, it wasn't like you, you asked me, um, how I died in that lifetime. And I said, I'm not sure if I did, but I had to have, cause I'm here as me, you know? And, um, you asked like if I've always been a child or if I felt sickly as a child and if I hadn't died, then where am I specifically? And, you know, it it was just like that one scene out of that boy's life that I experienced where he was just feeling entirely alone, but with his little sister there And then mom coming in and sweeping us up and taking us back to the thatched hut that we lived in.
0: And out of that one scene, you were able to pull so much. Yeah. Yeah, I really, you know, I went during the sessions, I try really hard to, to avoid, like asking specific questions or leading questions. I really try to ask Mm -hmm open-ended questions but when you were Mm -hmm. like i don't know if i did die and i was like okay well how the hell are you here
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i said i don't know i just feel like i'm not with the boy anymore
0: (laughs) yeah i'm not with him anymore that's what you said i'm not with him and that's what's interesting Mm -hmm. to me too because i have i've had visitors in my sessions Mm -hmm. and i think i warned you about that beforehand and I and I always I usually try to, yes. But um, I've had visitors, but yours didn't seem like
1: that, uh, at all. No, it didn't. There, and it was interesting because after it, you were asking if there was like any other thing that I was experiencing or feeling or seeing or whatever, and my spirit guide had left me. And I felt like I had gained what I was supposed to gain from that experience and that I was done. And then you ended the hypnosis.
0: Yeah. So with your, when you, I want to kind of touch on your spirit guide before we Mm -hmm. kind of end the episode with your spirit guide. How was the communication?
1: Um, I just felt like I was supposed to follow. I don't remember if there were like gestures that he made to like beckon me toward him while he was floating about or whatever. Um, but I just felt like my job was to follow the spirit guide wherever the spirit guide was going.
0: So you don't recall getting any like impressions or. No. Or even like words. Or anything like that. Mm-hmm.
1: My spirit guide didn't speak. To me.
0: Yeah, my mine doesn't. mine hasn't either. Mm-hmm. But mine's a giant seven foot tall owl. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? I wish that I could get him to speak with me. <laughs> I would hope that he has like a deep booming voice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But all he ever does is nod. Mm-hmm. One time he like grabbed me and. Like threw me back up like up to mm-hmm. my conscious self it's really weird. I have talked about it before on the show, but it, I was speaking to a, a chakra healer a few episodes back and and she said with you know I, I was able to kind of correlate this with kind of how this the regressions usually go and this happened to you too where she said in order to reach the super conscious, which is past, the subconscious, kind of where your uh, past life memories live in the superconscious. And this is a concept that um, Michael Newton has as well as the superconscious. Uh, you have to travel up into your third eye, basically, which is where your imagination lives, which I don't mm-hmm. have. Yeah. And then you have to travel down into a different energy center at the base of your spine, basically the earth, they call it the earth chakra. Mm-hmm. And in your session and in every single session that I've done, someone has traveled up and then they've traveled back down. And once they get back down, that's when they have the experience.
1: Yeah. Yup. And that happened to you too. Totally what happened. Cause I was like in the trees and squirrely and then I was <laughs> under water and a, a, like a fish or something, but you were asking questions to find out what was about that. And suddenly I was in the boy's body.
0: Yeah. It would, it's just interesting how much, because it was just like something that I, I brought. I didn't even bring it up. She, she brought it up herself that that's how you'd have to reach your, your super conscious is you have to travel up mm-hmm. and then you have to travel down, which is mm-hmm. really interesting to me because I just, it just kind of clicked. I was like, Whoa, you know, that's, that's happened in every single session that I've ever done.
1: Yeah. That's crazy.
0: And even, and you can even attest to that. And so can your wife. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure your wife went up some kind of, it's usually some kind of a, an invisible staircase. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel a lot of the time they'll be like, I feel like there's a staircase and I'm just like, go up, go up the staircase good <laughs> <laughs> go up <laughs> and then usually they're like um i think i'm supposed to go back down and i'm like okay jump off like, Well,
1: yeah do jump it Jump down you'll go wherever you're supposed to go <laughs> it's funny because with mine like my my spirit guide was floating up and i was like man i feel like i'm supposed to be following this dude and then i started floating up and i was like oh i can i can do this huh
0: yeah, it's it's awesome it's it's crazy and I'm, I'm so glad that she told me that because it makes a lot of sense it's if there are energy centers in your body which apparently there are I haven't done too much in research into it but like apparently like Reiki healing is starting to be able to be proven that it works and they talk about mm-hmm. chakras and stuff again don't quote me on any of this stuff because I haven't done any research it's just what I've heard but it's it's awesome that someone else was able to verify that now just kind of wrapping up the episode i have a question that i always have to ask when i talk about these is john what do you think happens to us when we
1: die um i i mean i feel like we get Put into another being and wind up on Earth, but I'm not sure how it works out exactly. Okay, so like I don't know if there's a waiting period or what. Um, I mean, I know that some people in these like recurring live questioning periods that people have had, or like interviews where they've talked about it. There was sometimes like a close family member that they had recently had passed right before another family member was born and that they felt like the essence of the family member that had passed was inside the new family member that was a baby or whatever. Um, But that's not always the case. And so I feel like there might be some fluidity with how that works, but I don't think life is a one and done situation. Well,
0: there you have it from John himself. (laughs) 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 I've interviewed so many, like we were talking about before the show, I've interviewed so many Johns on this show. I should change it to the John session. (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs) Well, thanks for tuning in to the John session, everybody. And uh, John, thank you for for coming on to my show.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Happy to do it.
0: That's it for today's episode. I would like to extend a thank you to my good friend, John, for coming on to the show and sharing his incredible experience. Truly is uh, a very rare thing when you can go into a regression and then come out with verifiable information and a lesson that you've learned and just a truly positive and you know impactful experience so again thank you john and i'd also like to thank you for tuning in if you enjoy the show if if you like this episode or any of the other episodes i would really appreciate it if you could share the episodes around or the podcast around with your with your friends or your family or anybody that you think might have had an experience and um Is just a little bit too shy to share just to kind of know that there are other people out there that are experiencing these things there are other people that are interested in it as well so please if if you like the episode just feel free to share it you can just find me on on anchor and spotify and all the main podcast platforms and again, if you've had a spiritual experience or if you've had past life memories and your death experience, if you're another past life regression practitioner or hell, if you're even a psychic and you, and you can talk to uh, the dead, I, you know, it doesn't really matter what kind of a spiritual experience you've had. It's all a giant piece of the puzzle that we're all trying to put together. So reach out to me. My email is gmail.com, and I'd love to have you on the show i okay.